0: When you're young and when you're falling in love, Mm. because it's just so easy to get swept up in that euphoria and that perceived perfection, when in reality, we all know, being as old as we are and having the experiences that we do, that the vast majority of relationships fail. But at the beginning, you think this is the be all end all. There's nothing wrong with this person. There's nothing wrong with me. It's written in the stars. Mm But you know what? Sometimes the universe has other ideas. <laughs> but I sometimes right?
1: we also have to have I just that. just want to say Maybe. hi to my
0: first wife. All ah, right? <laughs> we'll A shout out. It's that time again. Time for Coping on the Couch with Courtney and Brian. Episode 112. I, Brian Mulhern, a longtime mental health patient. And then, of course, you have Courtney Kelly. You have been a therapist for a very, very long time. And, Courtney, this morning we are going to address the fear factor. Mm -hmm. This is not a surprise to me. We found this article that it is over the top right now in terms of concerns for people. Right out of the jump here, I'll say, have you seen the Red Sox playing lately? (laughs) (laughs) Sending chills up and down my spine. (laughs) But seriously, I mean, coming off of a pandemic, Mm -hmm. all of the economic situations that are going on right now, the gas prices, you've also got things like these public mass shootings. Mm -hmm. I can see where people would be afraid to leave their house Yeah, it was
1: very interesting. That article, though, saying 52% of people that they had polled fear that they're in danger every day, Mm -hmm. even at home. And that can really do a lot to you. Fear can impact your emotions. It impacts how you think about things. It impacts what you're doing in your life. It also can impact your decision making, because when you're very fearful, certain parts of our brain will activate from that fear and will go into that fight or flight. It tries to protect us, but it also can make you foggy, too certain parts of your brain shut down when you go into that really fearful place. So that's another thing to fear.
0: Being afraid in your home, I'm imagining that's kind of a break-in thing Mm -hmm. or a home invasion thing, perhaps, as crime just continues to be more of an issue. And I have to say, too, one of the places where I'm particularly fearful these days out on the roads Courtney, i Mm -hmm. can't even tell you how much aggressive driving has been on the rise i mean people with the tailgating people passing you on a single lane road and just being very very aggressive Mm -hmm. it's insane out there and if you have a kid That's where you're really fearful, because look, we have experience as drivers, being a couple of olds. But when it's somebody who's younger, who doesn't have as much experience, that can be very intimidating. Mm -hmm. And if they get rattled in a situation like that, God knows what could happen. And I wonder, too,
1: when you get older, if you get more fearful on the road, my mother-in-law, I remember when she just said, I don't want my car anymore. She gave it to my stepson. She's like, you can have my license. I'm all done. She would talk a lot about, now, if you're from here, you understand this when you go on 95 and you're going 95 South and you're in the Warwick area mm-hmm. and you're trying to make it over to go to route four down to the South County area. And if you just get on the highway, you have to go all the way all over to the left. Every single time I do that, I think of her because she says how scary it is for her to get on in Warwick at Appenauge area or beyond, and have to go all the way over. She said, nobody lets you in. Everybody's trying to drive really, really fast on either side of you, and it's really scary. And I think about that, and I say, wow, it doesn't bother me now, but I can imagine when I'm getting older, and I'm getting more fearful, and people,
0: it feels like, are getting faster. Even more terrifying than that, people who are 85-plus who refused to give up their keys. Oh, right. And yeah. we have seen some evidence of that recently. And I believe it was in Warwick where there was a woman in her 80s who plowed into people oh. who were doing some outside dining. Yeah. Very scary. Confusing yeah. the gas pedal for the brake and mm-hmm. ended up killing somebody.
1: Right. Very scary. So there are a lot of examples of things that will get our fear up. And the thing of it is, and I remind my clients of this, our brains are not built to make us happy, mm-hmm. our brains are built to help us to survive. So a lot of times we have to do what we can to feel safer, right? Especially if you're feeling scared in your house. A lot of people now they have those ring alarms or and the cameras so they can see things. There's all these different things. So I definitely recommend people to look into things that you can do to feel safer. But at the end of the day, sometimes therapy is the option also to help you to start to restructure how you're thinking about things. Now, you also have to remember, some people have a trauma background or if they have experienced something that's been really scary that they're afraid may happen again, we have to help people to be able to cope with that because we don't want people living in fear constantly. But fear, it can be our friend in certain ways because it can help you to prepare for things.
0: Well, and I think we will both say That a little bit of fear isn't a bad thing, right? No, absolutely. To be vigilant is definitely a good thing, but as with all things, Mm -hmm. there is a line, and if you cross that line, it can become debilitating. Yeah,
1: it really can. It can develop into phobias. It can keep you in your house, especially like say if you have a fear of social situations, as you well know. What's wrong with that? (laughs) Well, it can right. keep you in your house more if you don't challenge it, mm-hmm. if you don't challenge some of the thinking and do some of the things that sometimes we do need to do things that make us uncomfortable, even though there's a fear factor there, because it helps us to grow. So knowing the differences there, sometimes having to consult with someone, talk to friends, talk to people that you trust to help you with that. I remember reading, and this has been backed up with some of the research, that people who are more intelligent actually have more anxiety and are more fearful because they're more aware of things and they seek out a lot because they're very curious. So they find out about things and it makes them more fearful. And I wonder if you find that, Brian.
0: Well, Courtney, how many times have I made the statement, there is a fine line between genius and insanity. Mm -hmm. And part of genius is being very, very aware of everything and being cognizant and living in reality, not ignoring things, not trying to sugarcoat things. Mm -hmm. And that can be very torturous for somebody, especially on that level. And if you have an active brain that is going all the time, as I say, it can be used for good or it right. can be used for evil. And that's a case where I think it can be used for evil. And it's really interesting. They have
1: correlated that higher IQs with higher anxiety. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I can totally see why that would be true. When they say ignorance is bliss. Right. Well, sometimes it really it's is true. because it's true. The more that you know about things, of course, we want to learn. We're curious. But sometimes I think our brain also will cherry pick certain things too. And it will make us feel even more fearful rather than looking at the bigger picture of the actual statistics or the actual things that are going on. Our brain is designed to look at certain things so that we will have these alarms going off.
0: Our job as people in the media is Mm -hmm. to be very well read. And there is nothing that I enjoy more about my vacation than completely unplugging and Mm -hmm. not having to deal with with all of this stuff that Mm -hmm. is going on. But even over the course of taking a vacation, I can tell you this, I still can't escape fare on some level. Now, I took my dad over to Polar Park to see a Woo Sox game for people who are locally oriented here. Mm -hmm. And I also invited my brother, my sister-in-law, my nephew, my wife went as well. And the first thing that my sister-in-law said as we were waiting in line to head on in, she's like boy, this would be a perfect spot for a mass shooting. And I'm like, this is the kind of thing that people have been conditioned to Mm -hmm. now where you are kind of looking around and does anybody look a little bit suspicious? And I would have to say that I'm guilty to the extent, I don't know how I've done it, but I'm one of the only people that I know that has avoided COVID as far as I know. Mm -hmm. But even as I was going out over the course of my vacation, I went to a couple of concerts, I was going to crowded restaurants and bars every time I'm on, I'm thinking, is this going to be the time Mm -hmm. that I finally do get it? And believe me, I wouldn't mind the time off from work. But by the same token, I lost my mom to COVID. So I have a little bit of a heightened sensitivity Mm -hmm. to that whole thing. Of
1: course. And that's okay. And I'm sure it helps to keep you protected Mm because some situations you think twice about certain things, about keeping social distance, about
0: different things like that, and it's really important. So I'm not at a point where I'm saying, well, I'm not going out, and that's where the line is. It's like, look, I have to live my life. Mm -hmm. I can't just constantly shut myself in my house for as much as I'd love to, believe (laughs) me. (laughs) I've got to go out and socialize and do some fun things because if not, that is just welcoming depression Mm -hmm. and anxiety with open arms.
1: Exactly. It's really important that we
0: should validate
1: our fears, understand where they come from, but then we do need to challenge them. When we need to look at that in that bigger picture, go to wise mind. You know from your wise mind that if you only acted on what you're feeling Mm -hmm. all of the time, Then it would make your life very small because it would keep you in your house, just feed into that and make it worse and worse, even harder to get out of your house and do other things. So, you know that you've had to talk yourself into certain things and say, "Okay, it wasn't that bad. I had some fun or I got over certain situations, looking at the bigger picture of going out and enjoying your life. Sometimes we have a hard time challenging that, and that's what we have to look at.
0: And that's where you need to prioritize rational over Mm -hmm. emotional. And you should never do too much of either one. You need to find that balance. Yeah.
1: I always talk to clients about wise mind, and it comes from dialectical behavioral therapy, that concept of we do have our emotions. We also have our rational mind. But where they cross over, we have what we call wise mind. And so it is important to check in with your emotions and say, okay, I'm feeling this, but also to look at the consequences of the actions that may come from those emotions. And that's when we can cut down on some of the impulsivity and doing things just out of that feeling. We all know people who live just in their feelings and that doesn't always get them to where they
0: wanna go. And I would say that the best practice for trying to have the rational come into play over Mm -hmm. the emotional is when you're young and when you're falling in love, Mm. because it's just so easy to get swept up in that euphoria and that perceived perfection. When Mm -hmm. in reality, we all know being as old as we are and having the experiences that we do, that the vast majority of relationships fail. But at the beginning, you think this is the be all end all. There's nothing wrong with this person. There's nothing wrong with me. It's written in the Mm -hmm. stars. But you know what? Sometimes the universe has other ideas. Am <laughs> but I sometimes right?
1: we also have to have that. I just want to say Maybe. hi to my first wife. How <laughs> are <you? laughs> Shout out, shout out to my first wife. Thank you so much. Uh, She's a very, very
0: nice person. But it
1: is nice to have those good feelings. It is good to go with that sometimes Mm -hmm. too, and to be like, okay, because that's what life is about—experiencing all these different things. And sometimes the fear—it's funny because sometimes people love the fear, right? They love watching scary things. There's a difference though. Our brain will read into it and understand that we're not actually under a threat, like if we go on a roller coaster or if we go to. A haunted house or something but we do
0: love the thrills we love that every time I do this podcast I'm terrified is this
1: gonna suck this week (laughs) oh my god is Courtney gonna bring in like how many copious notes will she have with
0: her (laughs) no but it is good every once in a while to fall in love and to experience that over the moon mm -hmm. feeling because life is so much not that Mm -hmm. enjoy it while you can but don't kid yourself into thinking that that is somehow reality Mm -hmm. enjoy the ride while it lasts. and then reality sets in the next thing you know you're with your wife for 15 years and it's a living hell
1: (laughs) I was going to say then go talk to Brian and you'll get the whole other half and he'll set you straight he'll get you right right, I love watching
0: episodes of Everybody Loves Raymond and especially the ones where robert gets married for the second time and it is the euphoria between the two of them he and amy oh yeah and you just see ray and his wife just shaking their heads (laughs) like oh boy (laughs) they're just so disgusted by the two of them and they're like you know what they'll figure it out eventually There is something funny, but something really true about Mm -hmm. that. But there's also some comfort in that, too, in that you can evolve to that place where you don't really need to fear that Mm -hmm. things aren't always going to be on that level. Somehow, if you found the right person, you figure it out. And Mm -hmm. when it comes to all of your fears, isn't that what it's all about at the end of the day? Not letting it cripple you, finding a way to figure that whole thing out. And as far as the love thing, I think that even
1: though they were being like, oh, okay, here we go. This is not how the reality is. Also, they might think about saying, hey, wait a minute. Maybe we need a little bit of that. Maybe we need a date night. Maybe we need a little But then they look at
0: Ray's parents and like, well, we're not that bad yet. (laughs) 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 But I guess that's where we're going to end up.
1: (laughs) Because we need a little something, especially in our romantic life. But yes, with fear, the other thing I teach my clients is we know how to trigger our sympathetic nervous system because we know how our fight or flight works and mm-hmm. how we see something that triggers us. We think of something that's fearful and it starts to get our blood rushing to our extremities. It would be hard to eat because our stomach is nervous.
0: I've never experienced um, that.
1: <laughs> the heart starts racing. We sweat a little. We focus in on what we think is the threat. All of these things that happen, and we go over this in counseling a lot of times, the education of what happens to your body and how it gets ready. It gets ready like that, even if it's psychological threats, because nowadays we don't have lions, tigers, and bears necessarily running after us. Oh my. But we do have psychological threats, but our body gets ready the same way. But when I talk to clients about decreasing that, we talk about how do we trigger our parasympathetic nervous system. That is where we rest and digest. And that's the part where we're able to feel calmer. Just like our body will automatically do this when we have fears of something to protect us. We do have the ability from our wise mind or from our front of the brain to figure out how we can actually counteract that and really say, are we actually having a threat right now? If there's a threat, then yeah, you need to act on it. You need to get out of there. You need to do what you need to do. But is there actually a threat or is my brain creating this experience to get me into a certain place? And if not, how can I create a Experience for myself so that I can calm myself by deep breathing, by doing some meditation, doing things that can help me to calm.
0: And I think a way to put this in perspective, and this is a television show which predates your mental health therapy, where I think it was the second episode they covered this. There are so many people who have a fear of flying, and they covered this on the Bob Newhart show, Mm. where he took every patient that he had who was afraid of flying and they went on a flight together. He also tried to take his wife who was afraid of flying and she ended up running off of the plane. Now oh. the reality is for everybody who is afraid to get on a plane and look, every time I get on one, I've got it in the back of my mind if mm-hmm. I hit turbulence or whatever, it's in the back of my mind. But in reality, what you need to tell yourself to check yourself is and you've heard the statistics a zillion times. Mm-hmm. It is so much safer than driving. Mm-hmm. It's safer than being in the shower in your own home. Mm-hmm. But somehow when you're at 35,000 yeah. feet, you think if something goes wrong here, it's not like if something goes wrong in my shell <laughs> mm-hmm, right. if I can't get the hot water going I'm probably not going to die mm-hmm. but you can't escape that but it's not a realistic fare and I could say that to my sister-in-law at the ball game look the odds of you being involved in a mm-hmm. mass shooting are so infinitesimal now does that mean that you should never be vigilant and never be on the right, lookout for right. suspicious people no of course not it could happen just like a lightning strike could happen just like you winning the mega millions right now as record for over a billion dollars mm. could happen, right. but it's probably not. You can look at good things and bad things in the same way that mm-hmm. way. On the average day, you're just going to have an average right. day. exactly. But yeah. you can work yourself up into a lather mm-hmm. if you're paying too much attention to some of these things.
1: And that's what I tell my clients too. On the average day, all of these things that you worry about, how many times do they happen? Mm-hmm. And for many people, it's not happening. A lot of these things are not happening very often. And I say, for most days, they're just kind Regular days, right? And so it's trying to introduce another way of looking at things. Again, your brain is built that way to pick up on these things. But if you can also teach your brain to look at the other side of things, we can teach ourselves to do that. Just like I say, breathing is automatic. You don't have to think about it, but you can slow your breathing down. You can make it quicker. Same thing with your thinking. It's automatic. There's some things that are going to pop in that you can't change, but then you can alter it. You can
0: challenge it. You can calm yourself. And fear and anxiety. They're kind of second cousins in a way. Mm -hmm. And I've had to learn to work around anxiety for sure. That was one of the biggest problems I had when I first went into therapy. And I have had people in my life, women who have been pregnant, who Mm. one of the first things they say to me is, I'm so afraid that I'm going to lose the baby. To which I say to them, are you going to torture yourself for nine full months for what may not be an issue at all. And then at the end of that, you're like, well, what a waste of almost Mm -hmm. a year of my life for me, rubbing my hands together, gnashing my teeth when I suddenly have this beautiful baby in front of me. And then the other thing I say to them is, let me tell you a little something else that you might not know about me. I experienced a miscarriage and you know what? It was devastating, it was Mm -hmm. horrible, it was awful, but I'm still here. Mm -hmm. I was able to make peace with it and move on. And if God forbid that happens to you, You'll be able to do that, too, for as much as you don't think that you will. I don't wish that on you, mm-hmm. and it's probably not going to happen, but these are the mental gymnastics that we do sometimes to make ourselves miserable over nothing. We talk about how anxiety is something that we create and sometimes fear is in the same camp. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we have
1: to look at that. It can be different for different people. Maybe there's certain people who are at risk of certain things. Mm-hmm. We need to do what we can do to protect ourselves, but then we need to let go and live our life. Sometimes you have to hold somebody's hand to help them to be able to do that right. because the fear becomes like a blanket. It becomes like a protection. Like if I keep worrying... Maybe I'll keep it away from me. And I know I'm guilty of that sometimes. If I think, oh, it's going to go just fine, and it doesn't, I'm like, see, I should have been worrying, because then that would have kept the bad stuff away. Sometimes we have these ideas. Well, by worrying, sometimes you think you're
0: preparing yeah, yourself for you're doing for it. something. But it's not yeah. really. You're still going to be just as devastated or disappointed. Mm-hmm. Mark my words. I have cooked <laughs> up many scenarios in my mind that went exactly the way that I was afraid they were going to. That didn't take mm-hmm. any of the sting out of it. That didn't have me any better prepared for it. Right. It just really actually only added to the misery because – I was already miserable in advance of it actually happening. Mm-hmm. And if it didn't happen, that's wasted time.
1: Right. And it takes away from the quality of the thing that you're actually wanting to experience. But the other thing, too, worry can be valuable. We've talked about this before. It helps you to focus on what you need to do to help have a better experience. But I say to people worry once, worry well. Set a timer, worry, worry, worry. Make a plan of whatever you can do to take action. And then after that, you have to have the faith to let it go. Life is a roller coaster sometimes. But also, you you don't want to feed into the fear. I've had clients and it's amazing to me. So many clients love to watch shows that have the violence in it and have things that are very triggering. They feel like they're somehow preparing themselves mm-hmm. because they see a different outcome on the movie. But I had a client in particular I remember saying, oh, yeah, I love to watch scary movies. I said, you do. Do you have any negative effects from it? Well, I get all these nightmares. And I'm like, well, (laughs) it makes it more fearful. And I'm like, okay, then we need to decrease that behavior. Like, do you see the correlation there? Now, It doesn't happen to everyone. But if you find that you're doing something that is directly feeding into the fear, if you're with people who are constantly fearful and talking about worry, if you're watching things that trigger that, if there's certain behaviors that you're doing, or maybe you're not doing the things you need to do to feel more secure and safe, really look at that because we do have a hand in that. And it's not just all on the outside of us. We do have some control over that.
0: And one of the most satisfying things in life that we talk about all the time here on the podcast is to really grow as a human being and to experience joy, Mm -hmm. sometimes not always, you have to scare yourself. You have to take a risk. Now, I could very easily, off of my first marriage, have said, that's it. I'm done. Mm -hmm. I'm never getting married again. I'm just going to crawl into the fetal position here in the corner and protect myself. And that way, I can never be hurt. But also in that way, I could never have met my second Mm -hmm. wife and had a very satisfying experience for decades upon decades, hopefully. You know, we're Mm -hmm. 15 years in. But if I was too afraid to do that and take that chance again, I wouldn't have experienced that joy. Now, that's not to say that in getting to that place prior to her, did I fall on my face a thousand times Mm -hmm. with horrible relationships? You better believe that I did, but I learned something from all of those horrible experiences and I still survived. Mm -hmm. To people who have been through a miscarriage, does that mean you're never going to try again to have a child? If you deny yourself the absolute unbelievable experience of having a kid following a miscarriage, you're really robbing yourself of happiness mm-hmm. versus protecting yourself. Right. And nothing's perfect, Courtney. Of course. Nothing's gonna work out perfectly in any of those scenarios. Right. But you're gonna get way more joy than you are negative impacts mm-hmm. from something like that.
1: It's frustration too. It's funny you mention that because I just wrote on my blog the other day, CourtneyKelly.com, if you want to come see me with oh, an yeah. EY. Bookmark it. <laughs> I'm not as consistent as I want to be, but I did (laughs) (laughs) write something because I was so frustrated and I go, why did I write about this? Life transitions. I'm transitioning from one job that I knew very well. It was my comfort zone. I knew I needed more of a challenge and change things up a little bit. I was afraid to leave and then I did. And now I'm creating some new opportunities and it can be frustrating. It can be challenging. You can have fears. You can question yourself. But again, you don't grow without the challenge. You need to have that. That challenge and the fears and the frustrations and the, oh my God, can I really do this? All of those things that come up, whether it be a job, a relationship, anything that you're venturing to do, it's supposed to be uncomfortable. That's how you grow. It's exactly. not supposed to be something where, oh, it's supposed to come easy and I'm supposed to know all this. No, it's supposed to be tough for a little
0: while. It's supposed to be scary. Well, as we've said in the past, if life was perfect, we'd all be idiots. Mm-hmm. We'd all be <laughs> mouth breathers because we wouldn't have the chance mm-hmm. to grow in those ways and to bring a private conversation into the equation, I know you've had some frustrations Mm -hmm. about Taking this new job, but it has made you consider maybe taking things to a next level, and you have some fear there too. And right. you and I have had some personal conversations about that, and I understand those fears. <laughs> you but call I me hope a chicken. <laughs> this episode <laughs> will help you to say, yes. "Hey, you know what? Maybe I do need to challenge myself in this way." Because everybody who knows you, the next challenge that you want to take, we're just like, "Well, this is a no brain. Like this is <laughs> right. something that needs to happen." Yeah. But I understand it's easy to say that from the outside. Right. Right. But when it comes time for you to take that risk mm-hmm. and take that challenge and you think, well, this might destroy me if it goes wrong. <laughs> Could it go sideways. But as we've said, you kind of can't think that way. Sometimes mm-hmm. you just have to step up to the plate and believe in yourself yeah. and try to pull yourself up by the self-confidence mm-hmm. bootstraps.
1: Yesterday I was online. I was looking at the insurance companies because I'm looking to go into a small do a small private practice, and so I started with the paperwork, and I have a lot of friends who are in private practice for therapy, and they're like, yeah, welcome aboard, come on, what's taking you so long? I've had friends pull me aside and be like, when are you going to open a practice? I am a chicken, I don't know what it is, and I said to you, and you're like, ah, you shouldn't be a chicken, you know? Well,
0: the thing that I said to you is this, This is a person who I've known for decades, this Courtney Kelly right here. This Courtney Kelly girl. (laughs) And I know for a fact that at a very young age, you had the wherewithal to tear yourself away from family and friends, Mm -hmm. move to New York City by yourself to pursue the dream of acting. Mm -hmm. And I mean, that takes a couple of big brass ones, my friend. <laughs> and I mean, that's something that for most people, it's not going to go well, you know? But somehow you had the ability to do that. Mm-hmm. And while maybe you didn't accomplish every single thing that you wanted to, right. you definitely learned and grew from that experience. Mm-hmm. So what I've been trying to tell you, I'm like, Courtney, if you can do that, and yeah. you did that with Los Angeles as well, mm-hmm. as did I, this should be something that comes very easily to you. But I understand right. where it's apples and oranges (laughs) to a certain degree, but to another degree, you're already killing it in this <laughs> field, whereas <laughs> when it came to the acting thing, you were kind of on a wing and a prayer, yeah, right, but right. you are a professional. You've had a lot of success. I can talk until I'm blue in the face, and mm-hmm. look, I have similar conversations from other people about other yeah, things, yeah. but it really starts and ends with you. It doesn't really matter what anybody else has to right. say. Right,
1: and that's the thing, and I decided, okay, just go ahead and do this, find out, but it's a process. There's no book or pamphlet for right. it to say you need to do this, this, this. Some people are saying, oh, yeah, I kind of remember that. Oh, yeah, maybe you do this. It can be a little frustrating. But that's what I say to people. Break it down. Know that it's going to be challenging. But it's going to be amazing in the end when you really face those fears. And
0: to speak to that, oh, there isn't a book. There isn't somebody who can teach me how to do it. Mm -hmm. I often bring up the example, as always, of one Mr. Edward Van Halen who said, you know what? I never had a guitar lesson, and thank God I didn't, because nobody showed me what the rules were, and because I didn't know what they were, Mm -hmm. I wrote what the rules were, and he ended up changing the instrument, and it's time for you to change (laughs) mental health therapy. The podcast is a nice first step, but it's just dipping your toe into the water. Hey, look, you know we could do two hours on this. (laughs) You know what you need to do. I know what I need to do. And you know what? I know you're going to get there, but as you said, it's a Mm -hmm. process, and- you do you need to go at your own
1: speed yeah and I think just for everybody out there dealing with fears or having something that they really want to do but they just feel like there's just all this coming at them and also if people are having any phobias or fears that are developing into things that are hurting their functioning I always encourage people get some help around that there's tons of help these days online you can get therapy in person back to people in person now telehealth but you can also go online there's lots of groups there's lots of good resources and
0: I want to be clear when it comes to you with this thing and your reluctance it's not as if you're saying no i'm never doing that i can't it's just oh i know i should but i'm a little bit afraid and that's okay yeah you know as long as it is a possibility like i said to be that person who says well i'm never getting married again well i'm never gonna have kids again because i had a miscarriage Mm -hmm. no that's the wrong approach to be a little bit timid Mm -hmm. But in the back of your mind, knowing it's the right thing to do, I think that's just being human.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. And so embrace that when you feel that. And when you feel those pulls toward things, I tell people, you really got to listen to that. That means there's something trying to draw you in the direction that you need to go for your next adventure to get to your next
0: level. As I've been saying to you, the universe is screaming at you right now. (laughs) You just need to heed that call. But you know what? You're not going to do it on my timetable. You're going to do it on yours. (laughs) But as long as it gets done, Right, exactly. That's the I'll one. get there, Brian. I'll get there. You know, what? we ain't getting any younger, though. I got to tell you that. <laughs> I know. I got, I got to hurry TikTok, up. Tick tock, tick tock. Well, Courtney, episode 112. Yes. I feared that it would suck, and I was wrong. <laughs> See? I worried over nothing. See? <laughs> a lesson learned, Brian. A lesson learned. And if people want to get in touch with you to perhaps mm-hmm. encourage you to <laughs> yes. take the next step to your future venture, how can they do so?
1: You can contact me. Well, At WCTK.com. Also, let me remind you, great resources on our website,
0: catcountry.com, the Wellness 411 page. Don't forget about the socials, all of the platforms at Cat Country Mornings. We have the individual pages Courtney with a C, Kelly EY, sometimes Bedard I, Brian with an I, M U L H E R N. And then, of course, there is the podcast, which has been growing by leaps and bounds. And I try to tell people about it all the time, and I encourage them to do the same thing. Tell other people who could use a listen to something mm-hmm. like this on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, your smart devices, and if they can't even figure that out, we don't know if Ask Jeeves <laughs> is active. I didn't do any S-Jeeves. leg work on that, but I know the Google <laughs> exists. The Google. <laughs> and Just I'm Google-less. pretty sure you can get everything done there. Courtney, thank you very much. As thank always, you. I'm going to let you go so you can open up your private. I, yeah, I got I to
1: get on it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and in the meantime, we can't wait to see you all again <laughs> here, coping on the couch with Courtney and Brian. We'll catch you on episode 113 Thanks for listening Thank you I talk about me
1: Love me